You be seated. Had to wait for Kill to come in, so just kidding. No, uh, it's been a good month. It's been a good month of learning. It's been a good month of talking about prayer. It's been a good month of seeing the who, what, where, when, and why of prayer. Last week we saw Joe, or heard Joe, share his testimony and talk about his experience through prayer, his communication with God, and how he, God, provided, protected, and gave power through his Holy Spirit. Like I said, I I did talk to Joe yesterday, and uh, he called, and and, and he was all excited, and, and he just said, I want you to know that we're here. And I said, good, what's next? He goes, I'm going to the state fair tomorrow. I said, yeah, don't tell me about that. But, you know, what we saw over the last month was prayer. What we witnessed was, like I said, the who, what, where, when, and why of how prayer works. Next, as a church, as I talked about earlier, we'll be focusing on the next four chapters, or the first four chapters of Acts. From now until the end of November, you're going to be offered teaching, preaching, prayer, and fellowship opportunities. You are going to witness what it, ta- what it, what it, what it was like to be in the very first church and learn what Jesus wants for our church today. This week I was reading a, an article and I came along a very interesting thing. That, and this morning I'm going to take a look at some of the key points in this article that I believe are very vital and needed as we move forward into these next few months. And I'm going to read the first part of this and then move on from there. This is an account of a pastor who was invited to speak at a church of about a thousand members in Los Angeles, California. As the Sunday school ended and the Sunday morning worship started, he noticed very little people were in in attendance. A little while later, the service continued and a few more people straggled in. It continued and the attendance got larger as the service moved along. Maybe your situation, our situation is similar. Our members are, some members are not coming to church early. We're not showing up at all. Why is it that some churches are packed on Sunday morning and others are empty? The reality is nothing new. But, I still, but it still cries out to be addressed. Sunday morning worship, particularly in the developed world, has been in decline for years. As we look at successful Sunday services across the world, the answer may be as simple and difficult as this. You ready for it? An intentional return to basics that begin with me, with you. Revelation chapter 2, which, which we just read, contains these non-negotiables. They are this, from verse 5. I'm going to read them again. Therefore, remember from where you have fallen, and repent 
and do the deeds you did at first, or else I am coming to you and will remove your lampstand out of its place unless you repent. Those four negotiables are remember the heights for which you have fallen, change your inner self, your old ways of thinking, seek God's will and do the work you did at first, otherwise I will visit and remove your church's impact. Uh-oh, he's on warpath today. Pastor's coming with the heat. Elam, I want to I wanna ask you a question. What's your impact? Studies show that there is a direct correlation between languishing Sunday morning worship services and church growth. And we're going to go through four key life, four keys that bring life to his church and to the growth of his church. There are these four, and they're all written in your bulletin. Growth happens when everyone is involved in fervent and constant prayer. We just talked about that for a month. Every study of history of church revival and church growth shows that prayer plays the central role. Jesus realized that in order to accomplish his mission, he needed to be in constant connection with the Father and in connection with the Holy Spirit. You know, when I was in seminary, I sat there and, I, and, and, and we were talking about how a revival happens. Pastor Lee was he loved to talk about church revival. And in, the, in his class of church history, he studied and showed us all the different revivals. Guess how they started? It wasn't by some guy getting all upset and yelling and ranting and, and pitching a fit. It came by a group got together and prayed. I didn't mean to just single you guys out. A group got together and prayed. And prayed and prayed and prayed. An internship. I worked, I, 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 was, I was blessed, and I know my kids are, and my wife is going to laugh, I was blessed to work with Tom Olson, even though I wanted to throw him through a plate glass window 90% of the time because he was stretching me, and I didn't like being stretched. They know it. Little weasel. Sorry, if you're listening, Tom, I love you still. But here's this. We had a tent revival towards the fall, and then we got a huge tent, and we had five nights planned, and we had bands coming every night. We had a youth night. We had a mature Christian night. We had an evangelism night. We had a discipleship night. We, had a come to, we came together and we had a huge pig roast night, which was phenomenal. But you know what it started with? This was in October. I got there in May. Guess what we did May 15th? He goes, we're going to have a tent revival. We need to start praying for it. May, June, July, August, September, October. Six months. 
We went and made a prayer chapel, a prayer closet. And he and I and others would go together. And we prayed for revival. Not so much for the event. We prayed for revival. We prayed that God's will would be done in people's lives. Why? Because we will follow the example of Jesus. Let me give you some examples why fervent prayer is so important. We already talked about it many times, but let's go back and look and see. Jesus would go up early before sunrise to pray from Mark 1.35. In the early morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went away to a a secluded place and was praying there. Jesus not only got up early, but he often spent all night in earnest prayer. Luke 6, 12. I mean, I'm not making this up. Look it up if you want. Luke 6, 12. It was at this this time that he went off to the mountain to pray, and he spent the whole night in prayer to God. The disciples then followed his example. They prayed for 10 days. Between Jesus' ascension and receiving the Holy Spirit from Acts chapter 1, 14. These all all with one mind were continually devoting themselves to prayer along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. You see? Do you hear? To those who have an ear, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Acts 2.42, they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Jump down to verse 47, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord was was adding to their numbers day by day those who were being saved. These Bible texts here, guys, show a clear connection between between strong commitment to prayer and the kingdom growth. Prayer is essential. It is the element of Christian life. You know, I was listening to my dad's sermon the other day. I love my dad. I loved listening to him, even though I thought he was an idiot for many years. But he's preaching, and I'm like, oh, he's talking about prayer. Guess what his sermon title was? Ready? More prayer, more blessing. Some prayer... Some blessing. No prayer. No blessing. Okay, you're still awake. Good, good. I love that guy. How simple can it be? But how true is that? The church is, is, is how, church, this is how we communicate with God. Church that neglect prayer, guess what? Are going to languish and they're going to die. That's the first thing. Second thing we see is growth happens when everyone worships God together. When everybody worships God together. When I was in uh, my last church, I baptized a young man. His name was Justin. And Justin was, 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 was just a cool guy. You know, he, he, but he did his own thing. He was a, he was a man's man. He, you know, he's, the, he's that guy that, you know, always wore a ball cap and, and, and coverall jeans, and he, he worked hard. He came to me, and he goes, I want to be baptized. Because he started coming to church after we invited him. And uh, 
So we're in there, and, and he wanted a private session. He goes, I just wanted just to be just, just us. So I said, well, I have to have some deacons there, so let me get some of my deacons, and, 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 and could you have maybe your mom or somebody? Anyways, so we got it all settled. We're at church together. And that day he was about to be baptized. And he said to me, he goes, Pastor, do you know why I love coming to church and why I want to be baptized? I said, no. Because <laughs> you could use a bath? I don't know. I mean, what? He goes, because I love how you preach. I love how you tell the truth. He goes, you know what else I do? I love being loved by you and this church, but mostly by God. I didn't do a thing. He did it. And he wanted to worship. He wanted to be in the house of the Lord. He wanted to be right with God. He wanted to be sanctified. He wanted to be set apart. He wanted to be justified, found out guilty. He wanted to be saved. An effective congregation have all the elements of worship. You're going to see this in a couple of different things we're going to hand out. You're going to see the Word. We're going to see the sacraments. We're going to see prayer. We're going to see evangelism, discipleship, and stewardship. It all comes together to form worship the King, worshiping Jesus. Here's the practical step. I'm going to ask you to encourage each other to prepare for weekly worship. Yeah. I'm going to ask you to prepare. To be ready when you walk in this door to worship Jesus. Well, what does that mean to be prepared, Pastor? If you're not involved in a Bible study, get involved in a Bible study. Use the stuff that you're going to learn. We're going to be making up three different small, small groups. Community groups. I'd like you to be involved in that. Prepare your heart during the week. Sunday morning, I need you to start off your day with prayer. Prayer for how it's going to go that day. Lord, put my mind right, put my heart right as I walk into your house. And then when you're here, be active. Actively worshiping. Not worshiping this guy. Not here because, man, I... I just really like hanging out with these people. Do you know how cool Brian is? I'm going to go hang out with Brian. There's some pretty cute girls there. I know I can maybe find a girlfriend if I'm there. Not for me. Not for me. I got mine. Prepare what you're here for. Okay? And worship together. Come as often as you can. I know things come up, work happens, family vacations happen, I get it. But what's your number one priority? I'm going to leave it there. Growth happens when everyone worships God together. Spending time in the presence of God and in His holy house will make a difference in your life and how to continue to go and grow through the week. Third thing. Third thing, growth happens when everyone is involved in fellowship. 
Research conducted here, I found this little nugget of truth. I thought it was kind of neat. Research conducted among former prisoners of war revealed that the most effective method the enemy used to break the spirits of prisoners was isolation. Worse than torture or lack of food and water, they really penetrated their psyche and was separate when they were separated from other people. Let that sink in for a second. My devotions this week, one of the weeks, one of the days was, we are not on an island. We are to share with each other. Spend time together. The same is true for us Christians. Christian fellowship goes deeper than just social interaction. It is based on a close relationship with, guess who? His name is Jesus. And as we have fellowship with Jesus, our fellowship with others will increase. 1 John chapter 1, verse 3. If you have your Bibles, look it up. Way in the back, 1 John chapter 1, verse 3. We have seen and heard and proclaimed to you so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. You don't believe me? Look it up. 1 John 1, 3. We can have real, genuine fellowship unless we cannot have real, genuine fellowship unless we have real, honest relationship with God the Father, His Son Jesus Christ, and being led by the Holy Spirit. Much of what we consider to be fellowship is just superficial encounters, rather. So, so what I'm saying as, as as Christian brothers and sisters, fellowship goes beyond the mere "Hey, how you doing?" Nice to see you, Ryan. Koinonia is a participant worship service and participant fellowship. It is a partnership in the gospel of grace in Jesus Christ. So we see here, let's recap. Number one, how does it start? Prayer. Okay, thanks. Number two, worshiping together. Number three, fellowship. What do you think the last one is? Hmm. Let me think. What are all those things pointing to? Just to grow our church? Because we've got a lot of empty spots. Is that what we're doing? No. Why we are doing this is that everyone, church growth, kingdom growth happens when everyone is involved in soul winning. Daily soul winning. Well, pastor, that's your job. Nope. It's one of my jobs. It's your job. It's your job. It's your job. Your job. Your job. Your job. Your job. Point your finger at yourself. It's your job. Daily soul winning is what we're doing. This is why we do this. We don't just say, you know what, I feel like I need to go to church because I need to be a good person. I found a neat quote this week also. The best gift a pastor can give the members of his church is to teach them how to work for... Starts with a J, ends in an S. 
Very good. To show them how to work for Jesus. Well, how? How? How do we do this? Well, let us, as a church, let's pray about and discuss the ways that we can be involved in filling the gospel commission. This should include all ministries of the church. Plans should be made and implemented in every phase of the discipleship process. These are some of them that I found. Preparing the soul of the heart, planting the seeds, cultivating spiritual interest, harvest decisions in the kingdom of God, keeping people in church by making them disciples of Jesus. He's wound up today. Doesn't he know we have communion? I know we got communion. But you know what? This is important. This is important stuff. This is training. This is what God is wanting us to do. I started following a group on, on, on Facebook. It's called playing, uh, Not Just Playing Church. It's amazing. I laugh. There's some of the stuff that I'm like, ouch, that hurts a little. But it's amazing, the stuff that I can read and the different articles that come in about being real, going out and saying, this is what the Bible says, period. This is a sin. This is wrong. There is no gray, black, white. We stand on the Word of God. And as a church family, as Elam Lutheran, as your pastor, I am asking us to be involved in fervent prayer, in worshiping together, in fellowshipping together with the main focus, the main focus, doing what it takes to reach and disciple people for Jesus. Soul winning daily. You get it? Because it's a non-negotiable. We're not going to go, well, you know, I like one and three, four. No, period. You know I'm a Raider fan, right? What did John Gruden say to his number one wide, wide receiver? Are you all in or are you all out? Because if you're all out, get out. Are you all in? Because the Bible's asking us to go out and to reach souls for Christ. But we have to be ready. And that starts with fervent prayer. It starts with worshiping God together. And it starts by fellowshipping together, being a team and then going and doing the things he called us to do. In just a second, you're going to be able to come up and receive a wonderful free gift. A wonderful free gift from, 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 from God as he forgives sins and he reminds us of what he's done for us. Church, growth, growth happens when we do our part and allow the Holy Spirit to do his. It is God who gives the increase not us. I love you.
Father God in heaven, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the truth that it has. And Father God, I'm asking right now in the name of Jesus Christ that you use the words that I just spoke, the words that you put on my heart this whole couple weeks, and you drive it further and deeper into, their, into this congregation's heart, mind, and soul. And I'm asking for you, Lord, as the seed has been planted, that now you water and you bring the growth. And that, Lord, if we even reach just one person where they come to a relationship with you, I will do whatever you tell me to do. So go, go before us now as we prepare our hearts and minds to come to your table. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
Let us confess our sins unto God and pray. Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, I am a poor and sinful being, and I have often, and I have often offended against you in thought, word, and deed, in all of which I am without excuse. But I believe in your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, who died to save me. And for his sake I pray, forgive, O oh, forgive all my sins. Help me by your Holy Spirit to believe your pardoning word and strengthen me with the grace that according to the purpose and desires of my heart I may flee all sin and have your holy and blessed will rule in all things. Lord, have mercy upon me.